Hello and welcome to the Black Final Girl podcast. I am your host, Clary, and this week I watched Evil Dead 2 in preparation for Evil Dead Rise, which comes out later on this month. It comes out April 21st, and I am super excited to go and see it. The Evil Dead franchise is one of my favorite horror franchises of all time, and I'm super excited to talk about Evil Dead 2 and the Evil Dead remake because the Evil Dead remake is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Something about it just hits every time. The new movie that's coming out, Evil Dead Rise, does look like it's going to be closer to the remake than to the original Evil Dead franchise or the original movies directed by Sam Raimi. And that's only because it does not seem like it has a lot of comedy. Although the Evil Dead movies originally are extremely scary, they are definitely comedic films. The remake in 2013 was not very funny <laughs> um, and I think that Evil Dead Rise is going to follow in that pattern and it might be more of a sequel to the remake than to the rest of the films which is fine by me because I think the Evil Dead remake was actually a good remake. Evil Dead 2 is a 1987 American supernatural horror comedy directed by Sam Raimi who wrote it alongside his friend Scott Spiegel. It's the second film in the Evil Dead franchise and when it was originally being pitched and written it had a lot more in common with Army of Darkness aka time travel and a medieval setting compared to the first one but of course studios are like what are you talking about time travel you just had a group of kids getting into some hijinks in the woods let's go back to that so we now have the evil dead 2 that we have which is loved and beloved it is seen as the best in the franchise for a lot of people especially in the evil dead fandom they're like this is the best one that's ever been made but i digress it does follow a lot of the same plot points from the beginning or the other movie instead of his sister cheryl being the first person to get possessed it's his girlfriend and instead of a group of friends it's just him and linda his girlfriend the evil dead franchise does something very fun by giving us one of the rare final boys and he continues to be a final boy until he's a final man. I guess he started off as a final man because they're college students by the way. So the film follows Ashley Williams known as Ash throughout the rest of the franchise and his girlfriend Linda as they go to a secluded cabin in the woods because why wouldn't they and there they play a recording of a professor who is reading from the book of the dead and nothing good comes from reading a book called The Book of the Dead or The Necronomicon. Either way, I don't know why you're picking that up, reading what's in it, and then reading it aloud, but reading it aloud is what kind of summons the spirits. Reading it alone is just not a good idea, but like getting those uh, vowels out there, not the best idea. Okay, so from this point forward, I am going to be recapping and spoiling Evil Dead 2 at 1987. If you've never seen the movie, I highly recommend you go and watch it because a lot of the things that I'm going to be making fun of, you have to like see with your own eyes. You can't just vibe with me with this movie, okay? Because the way that Bruce Campbell, even in the first like five minutes says, well, hey baby, let's go open the champagne. It's so hard to describe how hilarious it is with my <laughs> monotone as voice. But anyways, Let's get into Evil Dead 2, 1987, directed by Sam Raimi. So the film opens up with a brief introduction to the Necronomicon. This movie is essentially going to be 
redoing the opening of The Evil Dead because they have no way to explain why Ash would ever go back into a cabin in the woods, secluded, middle of nowhere, after the events of the first movie. So they're just like, fuck it, we're going to just redo this whole thing. So Ash and his girlfriend Linda drive up to the secluded cabin in the woods. And once they're in the cabin, this is when you already know this movie's going to be hilarious because he is playing the piano while she dances. And I put air quotes around dances because she's literally just twirling in a circle. After she's done dancing, um, Ash is like, let me go get some champagne to, you know, like, liven this mood or whatever. And also, just a little aside, I guess, they don't own this cabin. This is generally just some random cabin in the woods, and I think that alone is hilarious. Like, they're not renting this cabin, they simply just saw it and they're staying here. So when Ash decides that he's going to go get some champagne in this secluded cabin in the woods, he instead finds a tape recorder. And he's like, hey, there's a tape recorder. And Linda's like, you know what? Check what's on it. I love nosy people. What? <laughs> what do you mean check what's on this random tape recorder? But at the same time, deep down, I know I probably also would have checked what's on this random tape recorder. So on the tape recorder is a recording of a professor, Professor Raymond Noby, who is translating passages from the Necronomicon Ex Mortis. Basically, in this tape recording, the professor is like, I went to the Castle of Kandar, um, I got this book, I'm translating the book, and you have to recite things that are in the book. You have to recite book passages for spirits to leave, and then he proceeds to recite passages. The professor reading these passages out loud is exactly what gets an evil force to possess our dear Linda. So Linda screaming after being possessed is what causes Ash to go outside in the middle of the night to look for her. And indeed, he does find Linda, but she is no longer the love of his life. She is instead a Deadeye, and a Deadeye is basically a parasitic, possessive demon that wants to swallow our souls okay if you've never watched a singular evil dead movie that is the premise of the deadite i of course have to talk about how much i love the prosthetics that they use for the deadites their main characteristics because the deadites kind of are different depending on the person who is now possessed but their main characteristics are the white ghostly eyes the like color change of their skin which is usually like a cool grayish tone of rotting flesh i really like linda's one because while she doesn't get like scary looking which that's something to unpack another day but she doesn't get terrifying in the face or anything she looks very waxy and doll like when she becomes a deadite but going back to the main story ash then buries linda which causes the demon that was in linda to release and come hurtling towards him and this is one of the most Sam Raimi shots of all Sam Raimi shots. We then see Ash kind of like fly through the air before landing in a pile of mud water. This is basically where the original movie ends, which is with the demon coming out and hurtling towards Ash. So we have now basically rewritten the first movie, which is why this movie is seen as a remake and a sequel, because it redoes the reason that Ash was in the cabin in the woods <laughs> and it proceeds to tell a different story from this point forward okay so ash is now possessed but thankfully the sun comes up and that ends his possession which is why the movie is called evil dead 2 dead by dawn 
woo, we did it. We got through the remake rehash of the first movie, and now we are officially getting into the juicy bits that are Evil Dead 2. <laughs> After briefly being possessed, Ash decides that he is going to leave, which is one of the best ideas you could ever have in a horror movie. But because this is a horror movie, the bridge is now absolutely destroyed. And this has nothing to do with the movie, but it's a thought that was stuck in my head the whole time watching the movie. Bruce Campbell is the most Bruce-looking person to ever exist. I've never met a Bruce, but if I did, they would literally need to look exactly like Bruce Campbell because that name is so fitting. I don't know how to explain, but his face just looks like you would see him and you'd be like, hey, is your name Bruce? Anyways, back to the main story here. He tries to leave, but sadly, the bridge is now destroyed and the sun is coming down. So Ash is then chased back to the cabin by a supernatural force because obviously he does not want to be possessed again. Been there, done that. He hated it. So he's going to have to drive right back to the cabin. Also, I just want to mention because it was hilarious to me. This man <laughs> trying to get back to the cabin is ejected from the car, fully thrown from the front seat through the windshield, hits a tree. Okay, I don't think he actually hits a tree, but fully snap your neck, car accident, gets up, keeps running <laughs> because he does not want to be possessed again. So while all that is going down, Professor Noby's daughter Annie and her research partner Ed are now arriving back from their dig where they were trying to find the missing pages of the Necronomicon. And they have the pages, so they're like, we're gonna go back to the cabin, but wouldn't you know it, the bridge is broken. So they're like, oh, hey, we need a way around this. So they find a repairman named Jake and his girlfriend, Bobby Joe, who show them another route to the cabin. So back at the actual cabin, we have Ash who has fallen asleep and he has this dream sequence involving his dead girlfriend's reanimated corpse where it comes to life and it starts to like torment him. And I really enjoy this scene because it's done using stop motion and Linda's reanimated corpse is like this weird clay figure that's a decomposed body with like her regular not regular, but her decapitated deadite head on top of this decomposed corpse. And it's a stop motion scene basically of her dancing. And again, when I say dancing, I'm putting it in quotes. It is the same way that alive Linda dances by twirling in circles. Deadite Linda danced by twirling in circles. And then she attacks Ash by banging his head into the wood of the window because he was watching her through the window. And it's actually hilarious because she's cackling and just like swaying back and forth while holding his head. So she's like banging his head into the wood, but also her hair is like blowing in the wind just a great scene either way he wakes up and when he wakes up he's actually tormented by her decapitated head that's still alive because it's still possessed and that decapitated head bites his hand which now leads to the possession of ash's hand and this is another great scene in the movie where <laughs> her head is like stuck on his hand because she's biting so hard and he's just like banging this head onto every piece of furniture in this cabin to try and get her off but <laughs> like she's not budging 
After fighting with his girlfriend's decapitated head for a bit, he's finally able to get it into a vice clamp in the shed out back. And he's like, I'm going to destroy this head using this chainsaw, right? And then another great scene in the movie, Ash goes to get this chainsaw, but it's not in its marked spot because the body of his dead girlfriend is now wielding the chainsaw trying to kill him. Ash, being our final boy, gets a crowbar and he deflects the chainsaw, but since the body is a headless corpse, it ends up dropping the chainsaw onto itself, spewing black goop everywhere all over Ash, and then it's like, <laughs> it's trying to like, I guess, survive, so it's like yanking the chainsaw out of itself, but also still trying to like fight Ash, so it's just a hilarious scene of this body running into Ash over and over with a chainsaw in its neck. So Ash is finally able to get the chainsaw from the reanimated corpse and he goes to turn to destroy his girlfriend's deadite head. When he turns around, the head is now all of a sudden a good person and it's like, please don't hurt me or whatever. And like, just when Ash is about to like sob and not kill like it looks like he's about to give in and not kill this head the head decides that it's it's done being good again so it starts taunting him again which leads to him destroying it goodbye linda you were a real one while you lasted after all of this ash goes back to the cabin where he grabs a double barrel shotgun some shells and while he's doing all that the chair that he was in earlier begins to move and so this is obviously freaking ash out and he goes to reach his hand forward to like stop the chair and it stops on its own once his hand gets close to it so he's like you know what let me go chill out let me just go look in the mirror ground myself all that so he goes to do that but then his reflection proceeds to taunt him and then attack him but it's actually him attacking himself if that makes any sense he ends up with his hand around his throat choking himself out and as he looks down at his hand he realizes oh shoot my hand is literally possessed because his hand is now looking just disgusting it has like these dark gross goopy veins <laughs> coming and obviously there's the huge bite mark from his possessed girlfriend so there you have it ash's hand is now possessed ash now dealing with a possessed arm attempts to drown it but his hand is having none of that so it fights back smashing plates on his head banging his head into countertops and generally just fucking him up i'm not even joking the hand was winning it even actually begins to crawl over to a meat cleaver in the corner but it stopped when ash regains consciousness and stabs it he then ends up chopping his own hand off with the chainsaw from before while screaming who's laughing now and I'm being extremely, extremely deadass when I say that this is true cinema. But anyways, after chopping his hand off and trapping it under a pot and a pile of books, one of those books literally being a farewell to arms, he binds his stump with cloth and duct tape. Unfortunately for Ash, his hand is just a little bit too street smart for that, so it escapes and proceeds to hide in the walls where it begins taunting him. Um, he shoots at it a few times, but either way it ends up winning and it spews him with blood and black goo. And adding on to Ash's terrible, terrible night, the furniture in the cabin begins to laugh at him and honestly, this is the exact scenario that I wish on my worst enemy, I will not lie. 
but a very traumatized Ash begins to laugh along with the furniture, but he stops suddenly as he hears movement at the front door, which causes him to send some shots off, but no questions asked, and one of those shots ends up grazing Bobby Joe. So the group, after being shot at and then seeing the cabin in disarray, along with the bloody chainsaw in the corner, began to fight Ash, assuming that he killed her parents. So they beat the life out of Ash and then toss him down to the cellar, and I fully, fully mean tossing him. Like, he hits every single step on the way down. Um, and then on top of that, Jake spits on him. Meanwhile, upstairs, the group listens to the rest of the professor's recording, and they find out that Annie's mother became possessed after the professor said the parts of the book out loud that he was not supposed to say out loud. <laughs> so Henrietta ended up becoming possessed, which led to Professor Nobi having to kill his wife and bury her in the cellar. And the scream that I scrumped when this part is revealed because Ash is literally in the cellar, just been tossed down, and just what you were expecting to happen happens, and that is that the deadite Henrietta comes back to life and she realizes that there's somebody down below her. She says that she smells a fresh soul. She even says the iconic I'll swallow your soul line and this causes the group to realize oh hey maybe we should not have tossed this man down <laughs> into the cellar so they help Ash out by pulling him out of the cellar literally by his head by his neck. This night this is the worst night of this man's life. They tussle with the deadite for a little bit, Ed being tossed into a wall, and then Bobby Joe getting a mouthful of eyeball just straight into her gullet. Um, while the group tries to get it together, the deadite turns back into its human form and begins singing Hush Little Baby and trying to appeal to Annie because it is her mother's body. And Annie is like, this lady is not my mother or whatever she says. She says, this thing in the cellar is not my mother. But sadly, it is too late for us to just process any of that because in a great gender and role reversal, um, her boyfriend Ed is now possessed. So Deadite Ed begins to levitate and chant about how the group will be dead by dawn before he floats over to Bobby Joe. This girl cannot catch a break either and takes a bite out of her hair. And I mean like a full on chomp ripping a mouthful of hair from this girl's scalp just to swallow it down. Like, just, a, it was a little mid-haunt mid, mid haunt snack. During all of this, Ash runs to go get an axe before chopping Deadite Ed into pieces, and then there's green goop flying everywhere. Around this time, the group also notices that the clock has stopped ticking, the air has grown quite still and quiet, and the trail that they came in on seems to have disappeared. So they're like, why could this have happened? And then Ash is like, I think something's trying to get in the house or whatever. <laughs> and so it turns out something was trying to get in the house and that is the ghost of Professor Nobi. Basically, the professor has come to tell them that the pages that his daughter brought from her dig actually hold the key to stopping the evil dead. As the professor tells this, Bobby Joe is like, oh my gosh, babe, I'm like holding your hand in fright to Jake or whatever. And Jake is like, you're not holding my hand at all. And then she looks down and she realizes that she has actually been holding the possessed disembodied limb that is Ash's hand. So of course she screams and she runs out of the house into the forest where she is attacked and killed by trees. 
And honestly, while that sounds funny, it's an oddly gruesome scene because you see the like tree branches digging underneath her skin and it's actually just an awful way to go before they literally full-fledged full speed throw her into another tree to die. While she is being dragged through the woods literally, Annie and Ash find a drawing in the pages of the book that she had brought and in this drawing there is a hero in I want to say 1300 AD and it is said that he got rid of all the evil all that jazz in the picture the hero is holding his chainsaw like hand in the air and a stick they also find out that reciting the second passage will open a space-time rift in which they can send the evil spirit back. So Ash and Annie are like, okay, we are figuring everything out and it's all going well. But then, boom, here comes Jake, who rightfully so is scared for his girlfriend who went missing in the woods. So he's like, we all need to go in the woods right now and search for Bobby Joe. He even pulls a shotgun out on them and he's like, you guys are coming with me. And they're like, we can't, we have the pages, the books. So Jake being Jake decides that he is going to grab the pages and toss them into the cellar so that he can force the other two to go out in the woods with him to find his girlfriend. Ladies, if he wanted to, he would. So the group indeed go out into the woods where they discover that the trail has disappeared and now, like, you guys got no chance of anything. So while they're standing out in the woods, Ash actually ends up possessed again by one of the demons before grabbing Jake and throwing him into a tree. He then chases Annie back to the cabin where she grabs the bone dagger from the first movie and she tries to stab who she believes is Ash but ends up stabbing Jake as he's trying to come back into the cabin as well. So she's in a panic trying to close this door because obviously demon Ash is now coming over to her and sadly, <laughs> Jake's stabbed body is laying in the doorway, so she now has to stop what she's doing and remove Jake from the door. So she decides to drag Jake over to beside the cellar. So obviously the deadite, that is her dead mother, <laughs> um, comes up from under the cellar and drags Jake down there. Of course, leaving a rush of blood in her wake. Deadite Ash begins to attack Annie, and in doing so, he accidentally rips off her necklace, and it reminds him of the necklace that he had given Linda, and this is exactly how he sets his soul free. The power of love. Linda, who obviously did not see this beautiful power of love moment, <laughs> begins to attack Ash, who has to now convince her that he is actually not possessed. After a little bit of hustle-tussle convincing, she believes that he's not possessed anymore, right? So they're like, we're going to vanquish evil together, but we have to go down into the cellar to get those pages. We then get a really cool scene of Ash transforming the chainsaw into his iconic chainsaw hand. The two go back to the cabin from the tool shed. They cut open the cellar door and they head on down to the dark, dreary, scary basement. And this is actually one of the more tense scenes from the movie because when I tell you this movie is just jokes, I mean it's like a hilarious little time but this scene is a little tense because you are waiting for the oogie boogie woman to pop up anyways <laughs> so ash is able to find the pages and get them to annie and he stays at like the cellar stairs to kind of keep an eye on the basement area 
but Miss Henrietta still gets the jump on him. So while Annie is upstairs trying to say the second part of this passage, <laughs> Ash is in the basement getting his ass absolutely beat by this old woman. Annie hearing all the banging is like, I'm gonna go check out what's happening in the cellar. I do not know why you would do this when you could have just finished reading out the words and the evil would have stopped. Regardless of if that man is alive or not, you would have defeated the evil, but I digress. She goes to check on Ash. So now because she decided to go check on Ash, Henrietta gets the jump on Annie. And I mean, she starts yanking this girl's hair, everything. While she is being beat up by her demon mother, Ash is able to leap up from the cellar and he's like, if you want to fight, come fight me. As you can see, I'm prepared. Look at the chainsaw on my arm. Okay, so Henrietta decides she's going to go fight Ash. Ash starts to get the upper hand. I'm telling you, this man is just about to win when she's like, oh yeah, I forgot that I'm a demon. So let me pull some more demon powers out of here. And she turns into this weird, long, spindly neck thing that... Kind of terrifying. If I'd watched this way younger, definitely would have stayed in my mind forever. It kind of reminds me of that weird sand snake from Beetlejuice. So Annie decides to do a little bit of a flip and reverse it herself, and she starts to sing the lullaby from earlier, and this catches Deadite Henrietta's attention long enough for Ash to finally dismember her. Ash and Annie are feeling great because they just defeated Henrietta, but that's not the end of it. That's never the end of it. The trees have now begun attacking. So Annie begins to recite the pages, basically to first manifest the evil and then to after that get rid of the evil. Basically, she gets through the manifesting part. <laughs> and then just as she is doing the incantation for the rid the world of evil part, Ash's hand that is possessed and has been missing this whole time um, comes through with the bone dagger and kills her. But Annie is a real one, so with her final words and her dying breath, she makes sure to finish that spell. She said, you might take my life, but you are not going to take the chance. And so she does it. Now that she has finally said the last bits of the incantation, the vortex opens up and starts sucking out the demon trees and all its little bits. And so once that's done, Ash is like, woo, thank goodness I can finally relax. I can sit down, have a breather. I have just been through the worst night of my life. But nope, it's not done because the door is ripped open. The vortex actually did not close. And now it is sucking up the cabin, Ash, Ash's car, just everything. After Ash gets sucked into the vortex, he's then spat out on a dusty rock in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by medieval knights. And so the knights are like, we're gonna kill this guy because he just came from the sky out of nowhere. But then an evil demon comes in and Ash, being the hero that he is, kills said evil demon. So all the knights are like, oh my gosh, this is actually our king. So basically, Ash has now come to the realization that that man with the chainsaw hand and the stick, which is a gun, is actually him. The movie then ends with Ash shaking his head and screaming no as the camera pans out to show us this very large army. And that is how we are then led into Army of Darkness, the third Evil Dead movie. So that was Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. I give the movie four and a half stars. Actually, I give it five stars. It is an absolute classic. It's unapologetically itself. Like they went and were like, you know, the first Evil Dead movie, what if we just did that again, but somehow more funny, better and with a bigger budget and look at how it came out it came out iconic i love all of the practical effects in this movie 
also it is a visually insane movie is that something that i could say because there's just so many camera movements so much is happening all the time whenever you're watching this movie there's always going to be something happening you're never going to be bored and that's something that i really love about evil dead too because while i do love the evil dead it's a little bit more boring than this one if that makes any sense because i don't think the evil dead is a boring movie but this one definitely keeps your attention for way longer than the original the evil dead or the first evil dead movie of course the characters are just kind of like there and it's very 80s in that sense where it's like you can tell which characters are going to live longer than the others like once they introduced ed the boyfriend i was like he's not gonna last and that's just the 80s for you they were like we're gonna pump out five teens and about two of them are gonna make it maybe one and a half so if you have never watched evil dead 2 dead by dawn i highly recommend you go and watch it if you have watched it and you're looking for something that is silly but i guess a little bit more modern i would recommend idle hands it is another movie about a guy with a possessed hand so thank you all for listening to the podcast you can follow the podcast on apple podcasts spotify uh google everywhere you feel like listening to a podcast at this point except for amazon music oddly enough but anyways you can find me on twitter at black final girl and hopefully i will see you guys again next week to talk about evil dead 2013